All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. It's going to be better than Wednesday, Tim. I thought Wednesdays was lacking. I didn't have enough energy. I went back and listened to it. It was good, but we can improve. There's always room for improvement. There always is. There's always a higher plateau that you can reach. You never be satisfied. Is that right, Tim? Yeah, that's right. I'm all pumped up now. That was a good speech. I wasn't even intending on giving a speech, but apparently I did. But thank you, everybody, for listening to us. We will strive to do better. And what's that plateau in the NHL, Tim, where you reach that rarefied air, the, the creme de la creme of players, the players that everybody looks to every year, they get honored and they get to go to the all-star game. They are voted in by the fans. A few of them, the rest are, how are the rest awarded? It's just the NHL picks them. I don't even know how they're, they're selected. There's no coaches poll. It's just a few NHL employees who just look at the stats and, kind of haphazardly say these are the guys who make the all-star game so i don't really know if there's any written down theory or selection committee who knows what's going on but all that with out the window the all-star teams have been announced it's very exciting i will forever be tied to the all-star game tim do you know why because i was an all-star did you know that I did know that. I did know that. You tell me all the time. 2016, I made the All-Star Game. Pretty low-key event. Ended up winning a car. Not a big deal, but that's why we're here today. So I'm just going to do a rundown of who made the All-Star Game. It's It's a little tricky this year. They're throwing in the last man standing NHL fan voting in process. So I like that. I think that's a new wrinkle that adds another little layer of interest in this whole all-star game and that's what they're trying to do they're trying to get eyes on the game let's go down the list everyone's favorite division the pacific division so many good players to choose from like just a plethora of superstars in the pacific division if it was 2007 but it's not it's 2022 so there's not a lot to pick from there there really isn't but hey man if you if you rewind 10 years who doggy that that team is on fire. The my team, 2016. How long ago was that? Eight years ago. We had a good team. We had a really good team. Doughty, Burns, Giordano, Giordano, 
Taylor Hall, Hall when he was good with Edmonton. We had a lot of good players in that team. Sadine. Oh, we were Johnny Hockey. We were a good team. We were a very good team. All right, moving on. John Gibson. He was on my team in 2016. The guy still got it. He's going to be the goaltender for the Pacific Division. Johnny Gaudreau. He still got it. He was on my team in 2016. Is, am I going to see my name here? Is This is getting eerie. No. Then we're going to move on to Connor McDavid. He's an obvious dis- the pick. Leon Dreinsidel. He's an obvious pick. Adrian Kempe for the Los Angeles King. That one is a little surprising. Their leading scorer is Anze Kopitar. He would, you would think, be a fan favorite. He would be a recognizable name. People know him. He would maybe go over a little bit more well with the fans. But no, we're going to go with Adrian Kempe, a 25-year-old guy who's got 16 goals and six assists. I don't understand the selection. We'll, we'll circle back to that. Timo Meyer, San Jose Sharks. We touched on him earlier this year. He is just a... A little ball of fire, that guy. He's a bona fide superstar. I don't want to say superstar. He's a bona fide star in this league. Seattle Kraken, you have to send somebody. Brandon Tanev got injured. He was he was going to be the guy who was going to go. Jordan Eberle just just takes the the last place ribbon. Everyone gets a prize. I'm going to go to the All-Star game, apparently, even though I don't deserve it. Thatcher Demko for the Vancouver Canucks. Same type of deal. I would like to see JT Miller come out of Vancouver, to be honest with you. But you need two goaltenders. And what other goaltender from the Pacific Division are you going to send? Which one, Tim? Maybe the guy in Calgary who's got a ton of shutouts. I think they missed a mark on that one as well. The only defenseman on the Pacific Division, Alex Pietrangelo, not having a great season. I don't know why this why this pick happened. I don't understand it. There's other defensemen in this in this division that we'll get into. Maybe I would have picked over Pietrangelo, but I guess he's he's kind of got a good name. The game is. Is the game in Vegas this year? I don't even know. Well, the, we're, we're off to a great yes, start. It, I, is. I, I, it is. It is in Vegas. Maybe that's why. And then they rounded out with another Vegas forward. Their leading score. Oh, no, not their leading score. The guy who's played every game this year. Oh, no, not the guy who's played every game this year. The guy who's kept him in the playoffs. No, not Chandler Stevenson. The guy who's only played 22 games. Mark Stone. I am completely flabbergasted by a couple picks on the Pacific division. I don't understand it. What do you like and what do you don't like Tim on the Pacific division? Um, I mean, I, I, I don't really have a problem with most of these picks. The problem I have is just like the idea that every single team has to be represented, especially now with like, it's a fast paced three on three tournament. It's the best of the best. It doesn't need to be like, Oh, everyone needs to have, you know, their Jersey at the, at the all-star game. It's like, just pick the best players. You know what I mean? Like, why is Adrian Kempe in the game and someone like, I don't know, Marchant or Troy Terry or Stamkos and Gensel? Why aren't they on the list? You know what I mean? It's just it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, Marshawn is in a different division and so is Steve Stamkos. So I think that that answers that question for this division. But Troy Terry is the obvious one here. He has absolutely taken the NHL by storm this season. He leads Anaheim in scoring. I don't know why he is a part of his last man in candidates. I don't get it. When you look at the Anaheim Ducks, yes, John Gibson is good, but you have Troy Terry. You have another guy in Trevor Zegras who was so exciting. He absolutely just lit up social media when he did that be over the net, Michigan pass, knocked in by Sonny Milano. The three-on-three game is about showcasing skill. It's about creativity. It's about having fun. Would you rather have a guy like 
John Gibson, who's a goaltender, I get it. Or a guy like Trevor Zegras, who's young. The fans want to see him. It'd be an exciting addition to the game. He would be all jacked up to be there. What? Adrian Kempe. I like, I don't want to dump on the kid. I'm sure, like, he's got a nice head of hair. Do you know why he's there? Did you even know he played for the LA Kings, Kim? Be honest. I did. He's a, he's a good player, but I'm just like, uh, who's excited about seeing him at the All Star game? What fans yeah. are like, oh, I got to tune in to watch Kempe this week? Nobody. Exactly. I don't know why he's there. There, there are literally, I would say, four guys on the LA Kings who I'd rather see over Adrian Kempe. I would rather see Dustin Brown. I think he would be more fun. Drew Doughty, by far, would be more entertaining than Adrian Kempe. Um, and then their captain, Anze Kopitar, and even Brendan Lemieux. Throw Brendan Lemieux in the mix. That would be interesting. So I, I just don't understand it. I don't know why that pick happened. But anyways, where do we'll, we'll we'll see where the teams are going to line up at the end of the at the end of the uh, roster reveal. Moving on, Tim, we're going to go now to the Central Division. Again, not a lot to, to choose from in the Central Division. There, there's a, f- a few dumpster diving teams in this division: the the Arizona Coyotes, the poor Chicago Blackhawks. They they really just don't belong there. So let's let's get into it. We'll start with the Coyotes. Clayton Keller is is going for the Coyotes. Uh, he, he's their leading scorer. I w- I would like to see fill the thrill. No, no. Yes. I don't see. I think I think the Central Division got every one of these picks right. I don't have a problem with any of them. The first one out of the out of the gate, they they swing and a miss to me. No one knows who Clayton Keller is. Nobody. If you Nobody want to have a Arizona. fun game, you put Phil the Thrill in, and one of the, the competitions is a hot dog eating contest just for fun, just for funsies. And it would be so fun, and Phil would do it. And he'd be like, extra mustard. It would be great. It would be absolutely great. All right. Chicago Blackhawks. Alex Dabrinkit. I think good. he leads the team in goals. So, yeah, good. Good, bad. He's got six assists. Because no one on his team can score. Isn't that crazy? He's get he's got 23 goals, but only six assists. You would think he would like mix in an assist off a skate or a rebound goal where he shoots it and someone picks up a rebound and scores, and you get an assist that way. It's I wonder what the greater disparity is in NHL history between amount of goals and amount of assists. Because that's a lot. You know what I mean? That's 19 point different. He's got 19 more goals than he does assists. That's hard to do. All right. Alex Debrinkit makes it. Then we go to the Colorado Avalanche. I have an issue with this. Nathan McKinnon, you know, when he got six goals, 29 assists, another great disparity. He's only played 23 games. That's the thing. Nazim Kadri. Why is he not in here? Why do they pick Nathan McKinnon? If, if you're going, this is where there's no rhyme or reason be, from these selections. If you're going for names, I get it. Nathan McKinnon's got a bigger name than Nazim Kadri. But then you go back to the Pacific. Why, pay, why pick Kempe and not put in Kopitar or Dustin Brown or um, Drew Doughty? It doesn't make sense to me. Kale McCarr, it's a no-brainer. That, he knocked it out of the park. Joe Pavelski, the only guy in Dallas who deserves to go. Kirill Kaprizov probably won't go, but he's named. He's got a His injury is making me a little nervous, Tim. It honestly is. I don't like I it. I think he's going to be back today, they said. So I don't believe that. I think he's going to be out for a couple of years. Um, Cam Talbot, goalie, who cares? UC Saros, goalie, who cares? Jordan Cairo. Do you like that pick? 
You like love that, that pick. Yeah, he's having a great season. So yeah, I could yeah, he deserves that one. I thought David Backer should have went. I'm I'm gonna be completely honest. I think he deserves it. And he's had a good year. I'm kidding. Um to Tarasenko. He's a good feel-good story, comeback player, kind of put his pride aside, asked for a trade in the offseason instead of whining about it all year long and kicking his feet and being a baby about it. He's gone about his business. He's had a really, really good year. I like I like Tarasenko. I think the fans know Tarasenko a little bit better. Kyle Connor, Winnipeg Jets. I like that. Yep. Again, yep. the central is is not a strong division. Now we're going to get into the juggernauts. This is where there's going to be some there's going to be some issues with players being picked. The Metropolitan Division. Goaltenders, this this is a tricky one. They have a lot of good goaltenders in this division. A lot of hot starts, a lot of guys who deserve to be in the All-Star game. Freddie Anderson, how can you go wrong with that? He's a good goaltender. He's on a really good team. He's got a good team playing in front of him. Tristan Yari. Again, copy paste. Good goalie, good team playing in front of him, having a great season, 18-6-4, great goals against average, unbelievable save percentage. So I, I don't mind that. I would like to see Igor Shashirskin play. Yeah, I think he's a good yeah. goaltender. I think he's fun. He's Russian. Russians are always interesting. They keep it, they keep you on your on edge. You know, who, what are they gonna do? Is he gonna jump on top of the net? I don't know. Tristan Yari, Freddie Anderson, maybe don't bring the wow factor. Freddie's got red hair, whatever that means. I don't know. You're the one who said it, Tim. All right. Moving on. We'll stick with the Carolina Hurricanes. Sebastian Aho. You like that pick? Sebastian yeah. Aho? I think I think honestly, most of these picks are good. It's just I don't have a problem with almost any of these picks. The problem I have is with the format of the all-star game selections in the first place. But I think All right, what's the problem? Let's let's air your grievances now. That's what I'm saying earlier. It's just like the fact that every team has to be represented means that some of the best players in the league aren't gonna go just to appease like the fans. I'd rather watch the best players than feel like if the Bruins didn't have any stars, I don't care about seeing my first liner who's got six goals on the, on the team. You know what I mean? I'd rather go watch the fun. It's like the Olympics. You want to watch the best players in the world do it for a couple of days. And that's all. I feel like the reasoning behind that is you're eliminating one whole city and their fan base and the eyes that watch the game. So if you don't have a guy from Seattle, then why would any Seattle crack and fit? This was the reasoning the NHL gives. Why would Seattle fans want to watch the game when they don't have a guy to root for? I agree with you. I think you should put the best players out there. But again, you would totally eliminate. There wouldn't be any Arizona Coyotes. There wouldn't be any Chicago Blackhawks. There wouldn't be any Buffalo Sabres. There wouldn't be any LA Kings. There would only be a handful of teams that would, that would send guys because rightfully Boston could send three guys. You know what I mean? Maybe four. Tampa Bay could send a boatload of guys. Colorado, they could send their whole first line. So it's uh, it's a tricky situation. And then that gets down to, well, who's better than who, this and that. And it eliminates a lot of arguments. Is any other you want to air any more grievances? It's a festivus for the rest of us, Tim. It's it's a Seinfeld. What is that? Um, George's dad does the now it's time to air our grievances. Yeah. Uh no, I don't have more. I don't have more. I, I think most of these picks are pretty good, though. I don't have a problem with any of these. All right. Well, let's continue. Zach Warinsky, defenseman, Columbus Blue Jackets, Jack Hughes, forward, New Jersey Devils. Very sensitive player. Did you see the the comment he made, Tim? This past week when he, he did an interview with somebody or he sent out a tweet. I don't know how it came about. Do you have that by any chance, uh, his little comment that he made? Because it kind of caught me off guard. It was him talking about what it was like his rookie year. Yeah, I, it, I'm going to try to find it. Basically, he was asked about why he didn't, why he had a slower start to his career. And he said something along the lines of it was 
hard for me being 18, all of a sudden making a ton of money and going against Crosby one night and Marshawn the next night. And people are asking me why I'm not producing or not being a star yet. Um, which I, I like, I like that. I don't know. I feel like you're about to dump on him, but I like the honesty. I like, you know, Hey, you know what? This is not as easy as it looks. And it, sometimes it takes a couple of years. We started with Nathan McKinnon. He was not the superstar. We see he is now from the beginning, you know, there's not a lot of Crosby's and Patrick Kane's in the world. Sometimes it takes a couple of years to kind of get into your own groove and it can't be easy for an 18 year old with all that pressure. So I, I thought it was great. I thought it was very forthcoming. I did like it. I know you thought I was going to dump on it, but I've evolved. I'm not this caveman everybody thinks I am. I think it was very vulnerable of him to say that because, yeah, who wants to just tell everyone their weaknesses and their shortcomings? It's a very hard thing to do. And if I'm Jack Hughes, there was an immense amount of pressure on him. He was a high draft pick. And, yeah, you're coming out at a time when all these young draft picks are just – stepping into the league and playing unbelievable right out of the gate, the Connor McDavid's, the Austin Matthews, these types of players. And he was supposed to just fit right in with those guys. So it was revealing. I, I think he has grown a lot as a player. I think he still has a lot of room to grow. I don't think he's the player that he wants to be or can be, but um, do you want your star player being that mentally fragile or is that even mentally fragile? I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm throwing a question out there. I don't think it's, I think it's the opposite. I think it takes a little bit of strength and confidence to be vulnerable like that. I think it, um, to speak your mind is still a young kid. What is he 19 now? 20? Like he's not. 20. Yeah. Um, you have to be pretty self-aware to say something like that to the media. So I, I don't think it's fragile at all. Do you think it's a sign of just an excuse? Well, you had a pretty bad year your first year and now you're just blaming somebody else and not taking ownership of you not producing. No, no, especially now that he is producing. Like he's he's breaking out pretty much in real time. He's missed a bunch of time, but he's producing like crazy. So I, I don't I think, think he's it, producing like crazy. He's got nine goals and eleven assists. And how many in games? nineteen games? Nineteen. So he's got a point a game. I don't think More that's breaking out like crazy. But um, it's uh, I think I, it I'm my, I'm with you. I'm just playing devil's advocate here because usually I would dump on this kid, but I do think he's got a lot of you know merit behind his argument so i'm going to give him the benefit of a doubt that he's not whining and being a baby and saying well connor there's there's so much pressure connor's really fast and i was overwhelmed and i didn't hey guys i need my safe space i'm going to give you the benefit of a doubt here that he didn't do that and it was just a little bit too much for him and maybe he wasn't ready it's a hard thing to do to jump into the nhl it is very difficult And I think we got spoiled for a few years where we had these young kids coming in, making these massive impacts right away. And it's a very difficult thing to do for an 18, 19-year-old kid. All right. This pick (laughs) coming up might be the most old-school all-star selection I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Even I, when I made the all – hold on. let Let me just make sure this stat's correct before I put my foot in my mouth. No, I don't think I did. The second time in history someone's ever been... I was voted. He was selected. So I'm going to say the first time anyone's been selected to the All-Star game has zero goals. Zero <laughs> goals. I was voted. So that's my that's my excuse. Adam Pelich has zero goals and five assists. And he's going to the All-Star game. He must be absolutely terrified. To be completely frank with you. He's not a skill guy. He's not a guy who's been known to jump up in the rush. He's got a bomb for a shot. 
I'll give him that. He's going to be in the hardest shot. He might win it. But, oh, man, you're going to have to keep up with all these guys buzzing around you. He's just going to he take the puck and change. You go score, and maybe I'll get an assist because I ain't scoring a goal. What do you think of Palace? Do you think there's any other Islander player that they could have picked? I don't think he's terrified. I mean, it's not like he's just some scrub who's playing all these games and not producing. Like, he's playing 21, 22 minutes a night. You know what I mean? Like, this is terrifying. He, he goes against these guys all night, every shift. I don't think he's – I know three on three is a whole different animal, but – He's terrified. I, I, <laughs> I don't think so. I think he's, he's nervous. Uh, he's nervous. He did not expect this to happen. I will bet bet my bottom dollar. If you ask Adam Pelich, if we get him on the show – and we say, Adam, did you expect to be nominated to go to the All-Star game? He did not a chance in the world. I already had my holidays booked. I guarantee you he had something booked and he was out the door. And he's got to cancel plans now with his family. I, I will bet you. Let's get him on the show. Text him. Email him. Get him on the show. And that will be the answer. But anyways, he's going. Another New York defenseman. A little bit better stats. You know, a little, little bit more points. This guy's got five goals and 31 assists. Adam Fox, man. he is He's the real deal. He honestly is just he's he is a beautiful sight on the ice. The guy's got a jaw sharper than a knife. He's just unbelievable. Chris Kreider, another Rangers guy's going. He just can't help but score goals. He's got 21 and then 11. Claude Giroux, every team's got to have one guy. I like that they pick Claude Giroux. He'll he'll make make the game fun. Throw a mic on him, let him go out there and chirp it up with the boys. He's so good at doing that. Like I said, Tristan Yari. And then I don't understand this one. Alex Ovechkin. I get it. The fans know him, but he's on the team apparently. So he makes the team. He's got 28 assists and a couple goals. So he, that rounds out the metropolitan division. I saved this one for last Tim, because I knew, I knew when you woke up and saw the team, you were probably punching the walls. You were irate. You know, the neighbors called the cops. I bet because there's not a lot of Bruins on this team. And I know you love yourself some Boston Bruins, and there's one big omission that I that I agree should be on there. Let's go down the list. Nick Suzuki. Seven goals, twelve him. assists. Seven goals, twelve assists. You have to else on my team. Nick Suzuki made the team. <sighs> Razmi Stalin, minus a thousand. Six goals, sixteen assists on the team. Calm down, Tim. Calm down. Calm down. Drake Batherson. Nine goals, 19 assists. He's on the team. He's on the team. Calm down, Tim. You guys can't see, but he's getting red. I'm nervous he's going to break the computer. All right. Dylan Larkin. 16 goals, 16 assists. He's on the team. Tim. Tim, calm down. Relax. Holy moly, folks. It's getting dangerous. Lillian, are you okay? All right, my daughter's here. She's getting nervous too. Tim's getting irate. Okay. All right, let's calm down. Let's get to some actual picks that are legit. Jack Campbell, like I've said, carrying the Toronto Maple Leafs. That guy is the MVP of that team, hands down. He's on the team. Austin Matthews, good pick. Face of the franchise, good mustache. He's going to be great at the All-Star game. Victor Hedman, everybody knows him. Good for him. Andre Vasilevsky, best goal in the NHL. He's on the team. Good for him. Jonathan Huberdeau, the best superstar nobody knows about. 13 goals, 34 assists. The guy's an actual stud. And then Patrice Bergeron, the Boston Bruins selection. A little strange that he's the pick from Boston. Don't you think? 
It's very strange. He is third on the team in points. He's third on the team in goals. I don't understand. I don't understand that pick. And I'm you guys. I'm the biggest Patrice Bergeron fan in the world, but that one makes no sense to me. Um, it really doesn't. There, there's just better players, especially like more exciting, like Pasta and Marshawn. Bergeron's a boring guy. You know what I mean? Like there's so much like personality in those other two guys that would be so much fun to watch, get them mic'd up. And the crazy thing is neither of those guys are even on that last man in voting. Like they're not going. It's just, it's, it's bonkers to me. It makes no sense. Bergeron has played four more games than Marchant and Marchant has 12 more points. It did. Yep. It, that pick is the one that's the most alarming. I don't understand it. Is it because Bergeron's going to retire at the end of the year and they're doing him a solid and sending him out uh, in the all-star game? Is that what it is? No, no, no. Then how on earth can you justify putting him on the team? And then the guy they have, like you said, the last man standing, the Bruins set in is Charlie McAvoy. I I don't get it. I don't get it. It's, It's a bad pick. I think for the most part, they did an average job. Whoever picks this team should should really give their head a shake for a, a lot of picks. I think there's, there's 10 guys who shouldn't be on this, on these teams, but whatever we can sit here and debate it all day long. Let's just go through the last man in candidates. We'll, we'll, we'll pick who's going to make it into the team. Okay. So one guy from these guys, Charlie McAvoy, Tage Thompson, Lucas Raymond, Barkov to Foley, Kachuk, Stamkos or Tavares. Who gets him? Stamkos. I agree. Stammer's got to go. He He's top 10 in scoring. He's having a great season. He's got to go. He, he's fan favorite. He can do everything. I like that pick. All right, moving on. Metropolitan division. Svechnikov, Voracek, Brat, Barzal, Zabinijad, Atkinson, Gensel, Kuznetsov. So Gensel. many Europeans. So many Europeans. Gensel's Lots of vowels. I agree. I like Jake Gensel as well. The only one who maybe is Andrei Svechnikov. I like him. All right, Central. It's going to be Kessel, Jones, Kadri, Robertson, Hartman, Yossi, Thomas, Shifley. The fact that um, Yossi's not on the team is brutal. He's leading, like, it bothers me. Yossi should be on the team. I don't know why he's not on the team. Tell me why. Tell me why right now Roman Yossi is not on the team. doesn't I make can. sense to me. doesn't make sense. Um, I'm going to go Phil Kessel. I think the fans are going to rally behind him, and I think he's going to get a lot. He's going to get the John Scott treatment, and he's going to just be hoisted into the All-Star game, and the people are going to love it. It's going to be a just a fan fan favorite. Remember when he was the last guy picked and he won the car and he was sitting there and the camera was on him. So fun. The guy is just a fun guy. All right. For the Pacific, Troy, Terry, Kachuk, nurse, Dowdy, Couture, Giordano, Miller, Marsha Stowe. Uh, Terry. Troy. Yeah, this is a tough one. I feel like it's all about the fan bases getting out and voting. And I think it's going to be Kachuk. I think Calgary will get out and rock the vote and he'll be in there. So there's your all-star game selections. Very good. There's a lot of snubs. There's a lot of guys that should have put in. Marchant being the biggest one. Crosby, you know, fan favorite. Shesterkin is right in there. Zgrass, we mentioned. There's just a laundry list of guys who could have been in there. But it is what it is. Whoever made the list, that's where we're at. All right, Sam, what else are we going to talk about today? Well, I, I really, I was thinking about your tweet last night about the generational talent. You see that? It got a lot of action. It did. And uh, I kind of want to just talk about that for a minute because the idea, it's a great debate. And I was reading the responses. Actually, a couple of them were like, the question was, what exactly, how many generational players are in the league right now? 
And you got a couple of responses right away that were like, you mean since you retired, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, but I think, I don't know. So the, the, the obvious name that pretty much made everyone's list was Crosby, Ovechkin, McDavid. I don't really see it, saw many serious lists that didn't have those names. Then you saw some combination of Patrick Kane, Kale McCarr came up a lot. Hedman, Vasilevsky, Joe Thornton came up more than once. McKinnon, Matthews was there a lot. And you get into other goalies, the the lifetime goalie achievements with Carey Price and Marc-Andre Fleury. So those were like probably the most common. You can make cases for other guys. But I don't know, John, what to me, what what does a generational talent mean to you? How do you define the term? Well, gosh, I, I even posed that question to you because we, we were kind of throwing that around last night. What is a generational talent? What does it even mean? I think it means it it it, it transgresses, not just getting points. It's someone who changes the way the position is looked at. That that's a that's a generational talent for me. It it bucks the trend of what your average, like anybody can get points. When you look at the guys who have gotten the most points in the last 20 years, it's Malkin, it's Kane, Thornton, Crosby, Ovechkin, Stahl, Kopitar, Getzlaff, those guys. Out of that list of the last 20 years, I like. do I think Ovechkin is a generational talent? I do. I think he bucked the trend for what it means to be a goal scorer. He, he kind of furthered the whole Brett Hall situation where you find your spot and you just point and shoot. He, he perfected that, that thing, and that's where Stamkos came from after Ovechkin. So is Crosby a generational talent? I, I yes. think he works hard. I think he works hard. I think he is a blue-collar superstar, but I don't think he's a generational talent per se. I don't think he changed the way his position is being played. I think there's always been guys who worked hard. He just is really, really a good superstar who works hard. And those two things don't usually mesh well together. If you're a superstar, you don't really have the work ethic that Sidney Crosby had. When I played against him, he was the most tenacious forechecker I've ever played against. It, it was hard to play against him. And then you paired that with unbelievable hands and skill and made a very dangerous player. If you would have put that work ethic with Patrick Kane or with a Benoit Pouliot, Benoit Pouliot would be right beside Sidney Crosby. So to say that he's a generational talent, that his skills are out of this world. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think, I think he could be, is a Joe Thornton, a generational talent. They have the same kind of points in the last 20 years. I don't think Jumbo is a generational talent. Is Patty Kane a generational talent? Well, okay. I don't know. Let, let's dig into it. So that, that's my definition of a generational talent where he changes the way you look at a position. So I don't think there's been that many generational talents in the NHL as a whole. So I think people are going to have a laundry list of players that when they're just good players to score a lot of points, but I don't think they are a guy. When you look back in 200 years at the NHL and you go, Oh, you have Genny Malk and he was a generational talent. No, he was just a good, he was just a good player. Very good player. When you look back 40 years ago, who do you think of? You think of a Guy Lafleur because you can see him ripping up and down the ice. You don't think of uh, a Jacques Lemaire or anybody like that. I think of a Bobby Orr. He changed the way the defense played. He took the puck and he rushed it up the ice. Do you think of any like a Scott Niedermeyer? No, don't think of him. He was a very good player. So, I don't know. What do you think a generational talent is then? You, you obviously disagree. Well, not with everything you said. Uh, I disagree that Crosby's not a generational talent. I think he 100% is. And, and I think if you think if the league's been around for basically 100 years, there should be – I have a problem with the idea that there can't be more than one generational talent in a generation, right? I think that I agree. I, I think there can be a, a bunch. 
because but some people want to make that argument and say generational talent means once in a generation. But then by that logic, that means that both Gretzky and Lemieux weren't generational talents because they they existed at the same time. They're the same generation. So, of course, that that falls apart pretty quickly. And even like the Crosby and Ovechkin, I think my list is just three players, Crosby, Ovechkin and McDavid. Those are the only generational talents in my mind that are in the league right now. You can make a case for Patrick Kane, you know, top scoring American of all time. But he's just going to go down as, as an elite, incredible player. But I don't think he's generational to me. I don't think any of the goalies in the league right now. I mean, you can make a case for Vasilevsky. You can make the case for Fleury. He's third all time in wins, I think. Um, but he's got one Vezina. He's got one cup. Carey Price. I mean, <laughs> the least fan, every least fan responded, put Matthews in there. And maybe someday. I think he has that ability, but he's not. The, the sample size is too small. Same with Kale McCarr. I, I don't know. Stamkos, Thornton, Mc, McKinnon, incredible talents, not generational. I think there's only three in the league right now. It's Crosby, Ovechkin, and McDavid, where they define their entire generation, basically. So that's, that's what makes the list for me. All right. Um, I agree with Ovechkin. McDavid, I agree with as well. I think he's changed the way people see the game. They, they didn't think someone could get up and down the ice, control the puck the way he does. I, I enjoy that. But what's funny is I don't think Crosby is. They have like the same amount of points in their first 500 games, which is pretty remarkable. I would have thought McDavid would have been 50 to 100 points ahead of him at this point in his career. But no, Crosby's neck and neck with him. So I don't I don't know. Maybe I just debunked my own argument. But it's funny how I think McDavid is and Crosby isn't. I think Victor, Victor Hedman is. I think he took the defensive position – what are you laughing at? Victor Hedman's generational, but Sidney Crosby's not. Yeah. Ugh. So Victor Hedman took a predominantly big defenseman role, the Shea Webers, the Scott Stevens, the Ked Danicos, the, the bigger size, the Zidane Charas, those type of bigger defensemen, the Chris Prongers, and he evolved it. Bigger guys were usually meant, okay, you're going to be a shutdown defenseman. You're going to have the big shot. You're going to hit, and you're going to fight. He saw that, and he threw it out the window. Hedman's six, 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 seven, right? And he's a massive human being. He leads the rush. He's on their first power play unit. He was a Norris winner. He won the – did he win the Calder? Like, he, he has no. completely changed how you see a big defenseman these days. He has evolved it. Now you see these big defensemen coming up through the ranks and they're not just earholed and forced into this one track position where it's like, okay, you're over six foot four and you're big. You're going to be a shutdown bruising defenseman. That's what you're going to be. Now you're seeing bigger guys come out. The Mo Siders, the Colton Parankos a little bit, the guys like that who are over six foot four, six foot five. They're like, wait a minute. I can jump up in the rush. I can skate. I can play offensively, and I think he has broke the mold for what it means to be an offensive defenseman just by his sheer size. When a GM used to see a guy like that, they go, oh, that's my guy. He's going to go out there. He's going to be a punishing big defenseman, and he did that. So that's why I think he's a generational talent. Okay, but Chris Pronger is 6'6". He put up incredible points. He multiple cups. Is not is he not a is he not I don't a think generational so. I talent? I think he still played that. I, I just don't like Chris Pronger. What, but what does Hedman have that Pronger doesn't? I think he's more offensively gifted, way more. And maybe he had a better surrounding cast around him. I don't think he did. Pronger has some pretty good teams in St. Louis and Anaheim, but 
I think Hedman brings more to the table than Pronger did. Pronger had a little bit more of a mean streak, but Hedman does more offensively. And I'm sure there's stats out there that say Pronger, and that's just my eye test. So maybe I'm wrong, but that's just how I'm seeing it. So your list, is that your three then? No, I'm going to go with Kale McCart. Ooh. I think he is changing even more so the way you look at a defenseman. There has been offensive defensemen in the league. We've seen it the last 10 years. That, that position has evolved. Bobby Orr started it. He would be a generational talent by far. That progressed. We saw 10, 15 years ago with the, the Duncan Keiths, the Drew Dowdies, that sort of player. I think McCarr has shattered that mold. He doesn't play his position in the offensive zone. He's behind the net. He is in on the cycle. He is constantly rotating around. He leads the rush a lot of the times. He is such a dynamic player that it's hard to even call him a defenseman. And I think he is totally reinventing what it is to be a defenseman right now. And I think when you look back in 10 years, there's going to be so many defensemen that are like Kale McCarr, who just are a floating type of player. And Brent Burns did this a little bit, where he just would be the first guy in on the rush, the first guy back. McCarr's perfected it. And I really think he is going to be a generational talent. When you when you look back or look fast forward 10 years from now, he could potentially be the highest scoring defenseman of all time. And I'm not even just saying that. Like, I really truly believe he could be the highest scoring defenseman of all time forever and always. Just the way he has started his career. Right now, it's Ray Bork. He's got 1,579. McCart is dangerously close to just throwing that and just having 2,000 points in a season, like the, in his career. He's that good of a player. He's, he's landed on a team that is just offensively gifted where he can get in on the rush and pass it to anybody, or he's the fourth man in on the rush, and he knows they're going to find him because he's got really good forwards around him. And he's going to be in this system for who knows how long with these great players. So I don't know. It, it could potentially be that type of situation where he is like a Paul Coffey on an Edmonton Oilers where it's just Kale McCarr. And McCarr is better than Coffee. He is. He's got better hands. He's got a better finishing shot. He's a good player. So I think McCarr will be one of those guys. And for goaltenders, I don't think there's any goaltenders. No, no, it's, it's hard to be a generational talent with a goaltender. There's, their careers are so short. I think the last one we maybe saw Ryan Miller, potentially. But even that is a stretch. I think he was just a really good goaltender. So, And I just don't care about goalies that much. Be honest with right. you, but you can't say Miller was, but Carey Price and Flurry weren't. Right? Price is definitely not. I don't know why everybody's got a boner for Price. He had a couple good years, so the fact that he's even in the conversation is just based on reputation. He he he. If there is a goaltender in the NHL right now, Price is maybe fourth or fifth on the list. There's Vasilevsky. There's Mark Andre Flurry. There is maybe he's third on the list. Like he, he, those two guys are better than him, Vasilevsky and Mark Andre Fleury. When you look at just sheer stats, so I mean, now that Tuka's back, maybe Tuka's better than Price. Tuka so your final, last your night. final list: Ovechkin, McDavid, Hedman, and McCarr. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's it. I know and I'm going to get roasted because I Crosby, Crosby, Crosby. Crosby's yeah. a great player. Not generational. All right, what else, Tim? What do we got? DoorDash. Let's knock that out. <laughs> Um, everybody eats food, right? Tim, are you going to die? Uh, no, I don't want to die. So you got to eat food, right, Lillian? You got to eat food. What would you like to eat right now, Lillian? 
blueberries. She wants blueberries. How do we get blueberries? I, I don't want to drive. Go to DoorDash. Let me fire up my phone. Blueberries, Meyer grocery store. It'll go to Meyer. It'll get me blueberries. It'll bring it right to my door. DoorDash is the greatest thing, Lillian. It's fantastic. So you should use it. I'm going to use it to get Lillian some blueberries. She's in the office with me today because apparently school doesn't happen on a Friday in January. So use DoorDash promo code GlovesDD if you're in Canada. They don't have a Meyer. Go to a grocery store in Canada. Insert here. If you're in the States, promo code GlovesDDUS. Get yourself some blueberries. Save yourself some money. Get 25% off and free delivery on your first order. It's a great situation. Use it. Lillian, use DoorDash. Use DoorDash. Use DoorDash. All right. Use the DoorDash, apparently. But DoorDash, check it out. It's a very good company. All right, Tim. Quick hits. Let's do it. Tuka Rask returned last night with a win over the Flyers. Stopped 25 and 27. He looked pretty good. Those those couple of goals were like scramble through traffic. Not the no excuses, but they they didn't they weren't his fault. Um, and he made some huge breakaway saves. I counted three. So yeah, good to have him back. Uh, Bruins are looking good. They won five of six now, four in a row. Um, Bruins are hot. They're they're peaking. I like I like I said it last episode. I do not want to play the Bruins. Second game in a row with a hat trick. Marshawn two nights ago, Pasternak last night. Unreal. Oh boy. They, Ooh, they're baby. fun to watch. They're fun to watch. <laughs> poor, poor Krejci. It's just like, oh, I could be there. <laughs> right, um, Chris Weidman was suspended one game for the headbutt uh, the other night against the Bruins, actually. Can't Eric's, headbutt. Not allowed. Headbutt. Eric Stahl, interesting, signed an AHL PTO with Iowa which is a minor league team for the Minnesota Wild. He's 37 years old, and he's doing this to basically as a conditioning stint in case he's selected for the Olympic team, 2022 Beijing Olympics, um, which he must have some indication that he's going to be. So he's skating again. I don't see a chance that he returns to an NHL roster, but um, still worth keeping an eye on. Oh, he'll return to a roster after the Olympics for sure. I think so? Oh, without a doubt. I think a team will see him throw him as a fourth line, third line center. He's a very valuable piece. And I... I Expect him to be on a Stanley Cup roster come playoff time, without a doubt. All right. Uh, so I'm going to keep an eye on there. I mentioned Kaprizov already. He should be back today. That's the latest report, but TBD. We did that discussion the other day on Kucherov versus Malkin. Who's going to be more important to their team uh, in a playoff stretch? And I did threw it up on Twitter and Instagram, and Kucherov won both of those polls um, by about – he got about two-thirds of the vote. And this last one here, I just this is kind of interesting tidbit I watched the other night. The Bruins are playing Montreal, and friend of the show Michael Pizzetta, he had a great game. And I want to just talk about this 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 little dynamic I saw. So the Bruins, I think it was gosh three nothing, four nothing um, in the second period, and the Montreal just looked flat. They looked out of it. They had given up when they went down one nothing, basically. Um, and there's no energy, and they look terrible. And Pizzetta goes in and he scores a goal and a rebound, celebrates. Then he throws a big hit on Grizzlick, um, mixes it up with Bergeron. There's a fight. There's a scrum. Like, he's bringing energy. He's creating something from nothing. I thought it was really cool, and he's rewarded by it. Um, he got some power play time. He was a fourth liner with very little production, but obviously the coach saw some kind of spark in him, and that's exactly what you want. We talked about him on the show, and, and he's kind of said, like, I, I want to bring something that other guys can, and I might only play seven minutes a night, but I'm going to do better in that seven minutes than the next guy is. And when you're, when you're down by a bunch – and you're out of it, and the team's looking flat. You need those types of role players to inject a little energy and spark and passion. And I just thought it was a really cool thing to watch that. Yeah, love the coach. Love that um, recognition of a player playing hard. It, it, what they're trying to do is send a message to the top guys, all-star, 
all-star players, Nick Suzuki. So I don't think it'll work. Montreal's just what a what a terrible season. They're last in the league now. They are officially last. From Arizona first to worst. Has that ever happened? Someone goes to the Stanley Cup. Maybe it happened to Dallas two years ago. <laughs> I don't Pretty know. Much. But it's just what a fall from grace. Everybody thought, myself included, they were going to have a really big year this year. Just it's been a train wreck. One thing after the other, the, the players are playing terrible. Is Cole Caulfield even alive anymore? I, I don't know where he is or what he's doing. <laughs> Nothing. It's just been a bad season. One thing after the other for the Canadians. So they need, they want this season to end yesterday. It, it cannot get over fast enough. So, you know, good for Pizzetta though. That's what you like to see. Show a little bit of grit. And it actually stands out even more so on a team that has just completely shipped it in. Like those guys don't want to be there. And when you see a guy who's actually competing, it's like, whoa, so it's going to be good for Pizzetta. He's going to sign a new deal. I think this is a friend of the show, like you said. Michael Pizzetta, very good. Love that. All right, everybody. That's enough. I hope you have a good weekend. Oh, Tim's got one more thing. I have one more thing. I got to make my points bet pick. I tried I to pick an underdog one. on Wednesday. I told, yep. you, I told you not it to pick Seattle. Two to one. It was a close game. Um, I was trying to get the big win. I so told you. Get back in the win column. I'm going to give me a slam dunk. Colorado Avalanche. Guess who they're nice. playing tonight. Basketball analogy and a hockey podcast. I love it. Guess who they're playing tonight? The Avalanche. Guess I'll who they're playing? Seattle, Arizona, Arizona Coyotes. Oh, you're um, taking Arizona. This this might be the biggest spread I've seen. Um, Colorado's minus six hundred. So you're not going to win any money, spread. but I got to get back in the win column. So that's who I'm picking tonight: Colorado over Arizona. All right, you're not going to win much, but you're going to win. I agree. Take Colorado because the last two, oh, Dallas. You think Seattle's going to win? Seattle's so bad. You know who their all-star is? Jordan Eberle. That guy's still in the league. It's crazy. All right, everybody. Have a good weekend. We appreciate the support. I hope everybody stays safe out there. It's cold. Say hi, Lillian. Hi. And say goodbye, Lillian. Bye. Now say cheers, Lillian. Cheers. All right, everybody. Cheers. Have a good weekend. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.